turn with me, Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, I thought I just wanted to um, take you back because one of the things that uh, so often happens in in people's faith is that they they live by circumstances, feelings and experiences rather than living by the word of God. I was talking to someone today. Um, all the circumstances in your life should not govern your decisions. What should govern your decisions is the principles of God. And not legalism and, and law, but the principles of God. There are principles in God that you can't violate. And, and so many people, they make decisions on the basis of circumstances. Uh, they make decisions on the basis of feelings or what they call convictions. Well, that's not the way you make decisions. You make decisions according to the principles of God what God says in God's word. That is how you make decisions. If you make them on the basis of what you think and feel, you'll be in trouble. And a lot of people follow their feelings. I felt this, I felt that. Uh, you know, I was convinced of this. No, it's the principles of God. There are principles in God that are that which brings faith and belief. And, and you remember the children of Israel perished in the wilderness because of unbelief. And the unbelief, when God defined it in Hebrews, you'll find, was they do always err in their heart and they haven't known my ways. They didn't understand the ways of God. And the ways of God are the things that every Christian needs to know. You need to know the ways of God. You don't need to know rules and regulations. You need to understand the principles of God's nature and spirit. When you do that, everything else is easy. And you will never know that without God really meeting you. And when he does meet you, then the word of God comes alive. And the touchstone for everything is the word of God. Okay? There is no other touchstone. And you'll find in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, um, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, I'll put that into English. 
Um, just for those who don't understand plain English written in nice language, you know, uh, I'll put it in simple English. First of all, there is nothing that God hasn't done for you. Everything's already been done. If you're one of these people that's waiting for God to do something in your life, you're going to wait forever. God is waiting for you. You are not waiting for him. Blessed be uh, God who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Everything's been done. It, you are blessed with all spirit. It's not something you're looking for. It's not something you're waiting for. It's something God has already done. And you'll find that in verse uh, 3. Um, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Uh, and those are spiritual gifts. Uh, there is no way that anyone can look and say that somehow he's waiting for God to do something. I hear a lot of Christians say that. They come to me and they say, well, we're waiting for God to move. We're waiting for this to happen. We're waiting for that to happen. Well, that's ridiculous. God's already done it. And you already have been blessed. It's time you took hold of what God has already done. It's no good waiting for it because it has been done. You understand that? Hmm? No. You, do you understand that? Okay, that's plain. Now we're going to the next one. According as he hath chosen us in him when? Before the foundation of the world. Now, the truth is that your salvation and my salvation is not based on what you and I do at this point, it's based on what Jesus did before the foundation of the world. I was chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Now the fact that in history, I actually partook of it at a point where I recognized and lay hold on the truth of God, and God transformed my life, does not alter the fact that it was planned before the foundation of the world. And when it was planned before the foundation of the world, it was planned in a certain way that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holiness, that means separation from our own life to his life. And without blame, that means all my guilt is gone, and I have no consciousness of sin, I have a consciousness of God because I know my sins forgiven, that was preordained in Christ before the foundation of the world that it would happen for me. And there came a day in my life when it happened, but the truth is, it was already done before the foundation of the world. And your names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. Now I know you say, but I only, you might say I got saved last year, or I got saved five years ago. I got, yeah, you did. But in actual fact, before the world was, God had already preordained 
that you would be saved. Because God has perfect foreknowledge. He knows your choices. He knows everything about you. Uh, how does he do it? Well, he's God. And that's it. I don't know. Um, if, I, if, I, if I was God, I'd tell you. I'm not. But what I do know is what he says, I believe. Now, that is simple. See, when I face things in life, I can face things in life with confidence because I know the end is already accomplished. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, is the beginning and the end. When God does something in your life, it's both the start and the finish uh, incorporated in Him. And so you can have confidence that He, before the foundation of the world, that's the Alpha, right at the beginning. And the end time, when everything's wound up, the Omega, he is both. And therefore, he was and is and is to come. And so, I know that I was in him and everything was organized in him before time began. Now that's the mystery. How can you explain it? Well, I don't need to explain it. I happen to believe it. Because God says so. And it's in God's word. Now, therefore, I can face anything knowing, hey, God will always see me through. God is on my side. Everything might look adverse, but it doesn't matter. That is why Jesus could face the cross for the glory that was set before him. He didn't bother about the cross. He disdained it and despised it. Why? Because he knew he came to die. He knew he'd rise again. He knew what he was going to accomplish because he was the Alpha at the beginning and is the Omega. And he knew between those certain things would happen, but he knew that everything would be accomplished. Now, when you're truly born from above, you receive both the Alpha and the Omega. You know at the beginning, you know at the end, and you know that God, you're on a pathway in life, and what God set out to do, he will accomplish. You will be holy and without blame before him. Because God preordained it for you, before the world ever was created. So it's not a matter of something that you experience, it's a matter of something that God has preordained. And because he's preordained it and you believe it, it happens. Oh, looking misty. Is that clear? Huh? Is that easy? Okay? That's what it says, doesn't it? I'm just explaining what it says. You all know this, don't you? Say it's obvious. Turn the person next to you and say, didn't you know that then? <laughs> you should have known it. Okay? I'm just explaining. Because it worries me, Christians um, get very caught up in experience. And, and they feel experience. Now if you're caught up in experience of what you feel, then you'll end up always 
bitter against God. As night follows day, because your feelings change with the weather. And they change without the weather too. Uh, there are certain people who, you know, I don't know what it is, they're biorhythms or whatever it is. There's certain people that sometimes they're mighty miserable. Isn't that so? There are people that go through life and their feelings dictate everything. There are people, if they feel happy, everything's wonderful with God. And if they feel miserable, they wonder what's gone wrong. Now they're not living by faith, they're living by feelings. And feelings are deceptive. Very deceptive. Now joy is not feeling, happiness is feeling, joy is a gift from God. Uh, and the difference is, joy is a fruit of the spirit, happiness is a state of the soul. And you have to know that you have the joy of God. What you don't need is that which happiness comes from happenings in your life that are positive and misery comes from things that go wrong. But joy is nothing to do with that. It's in your spirit. And the joy of God in your spirit doesn't relate to what's happening in your life. If it relates to what's happening in your life, it will be variable, but Jesus left his joy with us. And we live with joy, and the joy of the Lord's your strength. It's not your joy, it's his joy within, and it's in your spirit. And if you're a true Christian, you have that joy, and it's joy everlasting. And it's wonderful. Now that is nothing to do with happenings and circumstance. Happenings and circumstance affect your feelings. And there's a lot of people don't know the difference. But a true Christian knows the difference. So it's not the outward things don't matter that much. They really don't. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of people they live in the emotion realm instead of the spirit realm and they think one's the same as the other it isn't that's why you have joy because you're blessed with all spiritual blessings so you don't live in the realm of feelings live in the realm of God is that, that plain? easy to understand uh, you know I'm trying to just get this home to you because it's the most essential part of life if you don't understand this, you don't know anything. Okay. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now when we were predestinated, that means our destination was preordained, if you want to put it that way, okay? Our end is already assured. That's why Jesus could say to the disciples, I go before you, to pre I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I'd have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. Now, do understand that the end is already accomplished. It's just that you, in the framework of time, are living with the Alpha and Omega, both the beginning and the end, and you're living towards the accomplishment of God's purpose. And it's nothing to do with what you do, it's to do with what he wills. You'll find it goes on to say, uh, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now it was God's good pleasure to save you, it's God's good pleasure to prepare a place in heaven for you, and it's God's good, good pleasure to come and take you to himself, and it's God's good pleasure to prepare a mansion for you in glory, and it's God's good pleasure to see you come into all spiritual blessings. Now that's according to his will. That's the will of God for your life. The will of God for your life is always fulfilled. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, say, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're saying is, we believe in your will for us. And your will for us is according to your good pleasure, and you've chosen us to the adoption of children. We're your children. We're children of God. We're born of God's Spirit. It was preordained by you. It was born in you before the foundation of the world. You are the Alpha and Omega. I know I've got a place prepared for me. I know my uh, destiny is assured. And I have the joy and confidence in God that whatever happens in this life... God is on my side, it's going to work out. Well, that is faith. And that is what a Christian knows and lives. Now, it doesn't mean that everything will be smooth. You know, um, Paul was in shipwrecks, imprisonments, beatings, stoned and left for dead. You know, he had one or two headaches that Panadol wouldn't solve. Uh, things happen in life. But what kept him was the fact that he knew that God had predestined him and everything was going to accomplish God's purpose. God's will was going to be fulfilled because his will and God's will had become one. He had decided to lay down his life for Jesus Christ, and he knew he was received as a son, and what God intended would be accomplished in his life. And that is the same for any true Christian. You are predestined. That is it. And that is what's so wonderful about our salvation. Now outwardly, sometimes everything might seem contrary to that. It does not matter. What's outward doesn't matter. It's what's inward. You must have the faith and joy and constancy in God.
If you don't have that, you won't live by faith. You'll live by feelings. You'll be up and down, up and down, in and out, never knowing where you are. Well, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I know from whence I came. When I, I was uh, born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, I knew that I always belonged to God even before I was born again. I can look back to the time in my childhood when I know God's hand was on my life from the day of my birth right through. In fact, I know that all my members were written in his book, but I know it. It's not that I believe it. The Bible tells me so, but I also know it. Because when I was born from above and when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I understood what God had planned before the world was. I was in him before creation came into being. And when you understand that, and you know it inside, because you have the spirit that created all living within, his name is Jesus, and you understand what he did, it's wonderful. Because then circumstances aren't things that throw you about. The storms of life never affected Jesus Christ. He was in a human body, but the storms that he went through, he could walk on the water. Hey, it, the, the turbulence of life did not phase him. But if you're not a person of faith, they do. You know, suddenly something, oh, what, what's happened? How'd God, what's, what's going on? Well... Hey, I have within me the Alpha and Omega. So I've always got the answer. Now, I might not know the answer, but I've got the answer. That's it. And, and I know God will see me through. That is faith. Now, that is the most wonderful thing for a Christian. Then you have joy... But your joy is not governed by outward things. Because wise people realize that it will come, it will go. Time changes everything. Dear old Benson Ederhose used to say to me, live long enough to prove your enemies wrong. That's all you have to do. If you keep living... Time works it out, doesn't it? Time has a good knack. That is one of the ways God brings down those that need bringing down, doesn't he? Huh? That's our God. You know, people might stand up and look like they're in control of everything. But I want to tell you, without God, they're on a shaky slope. Have you noticed how many world leaders looked as though they were invincible? But they didn't last. But a Christian's a different type of person. The more life goes on, triumph. He always gives us the victory. Christians are different. Because they have eternal life. Their destiny is eternity. 
and everything gets better all the time. You don't go down, you go up. And that's the difference between a Christian and the world. That's what's so wonderful. I like it that way, don't you? Mm. You wait and see. God is good. But you see, the one good thing in life, hey, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. Uh, those things don't move you. Not at all. Because our enemies will be set at naught. No weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper, says God. Hmm? You're going to prosper and they're going to fail. A thousand might fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand won't come nigh you. Why? God's on your side. So you know and have confidence in this God who's doing all things according to his will. Hey! You see, faith takes you out of circumstances and puts you in eternal life. And when you have eternal life and you taste of the powers of the world to come, then these worldly powers mean nothing. The difference with a Christian is we're here. And eternity is our destiny. See, God's going to put down all rule and authority. And everything that rises up, every knee is going to bow in the name of Jesus. But we bowed long ago. And we partook of his power, his authority. And so we live by a totally different set of rules. We live by a different power. We're different. That's why the world has no attraction to us. I'm crucified to the world, you heard over Easter. And the world's crucified to me. Why? Because that way is now way. Jesus said, look, when Peter chopped off the servants here, he said, if my kingdom was of this world, then would my servants fight? He said, it isn't. I could call up 12 legions of angels. Don't worry. But it's not that way. We participate in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and we understand we're seated with him in heavenly places hey he's the creator of heaven and earth he's the ruler of all now our God is over all and that's a nice way to live isn't it see that now that is normal Christianity that's the way a Christian thinks. Hope you think that way. Uh, so many people get bowed down with circumstance. Well, circumstance had nothing to do with it. You say, well, it's, it doesn't seem fair. Well, nothing's fair. But my God is good. And he's on my side all the time. Amen? And that's what's wonderful about my God. I'm just talking to you about living by faith. 
If you don't live this, forget it. You haven't much hope. It's lovely when you can just relax and know God's in control. And you're in him. Let's read on. Okay? No, having predestinated us, verse 5, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the blood. Now the reason you're accepted by God is God has made you accepted. It's what Christ has done in reconciling you to God has made you acceptable to God without you doing anything. It's God who did it for you. Jesus has done it for you. Do you understand that? It's not something you have to work at. It's not something you have to feel. It's not something you have to sense. It's what God has done for you. 2,000 years ago he did it. On Calvary's tree he took your sin and my sin. But he was also the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And you were in him before the world was. And that's the wonderful thing. Okay? Do you understand that? Everyone understand that? Sure. I'm talking about a normal Christian knows this. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> In whom, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Look, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. It's totally undeserved favor from God to you. Nothing to do with you. God did it all. You embrace it and it happens to you because of what God has done. He did it before the foundation of the world. He also did it on Calvary's tree and it happens for you. Is that plain? Now when you begin to understand that and you understand that it's not you making yourself holy it's not you making yourself holy it's you accepting what Christ has done for you he's the saviour he's the redeemer he did it for you now you have an obligation to obey his principles and live by them but, living by his principles will not bring you into this life. You come into this life by grace that you save through faith. The faith is you believe what God says about you. You believe his word because faith cometh by hearing the word of God. And you accept what he says is true. That brings you into it. Not of works, lest any man should boast. All I'm doing is believing what God has done for me. That's all you can do. Believe what God has done for you. So the Bible tells us what God has done for us. 
And it was done before the world was. So there's nothing that can stop the accomplishment of it because God has preordained it. All right? Is that easy? It's so simple, isn't it? So your enemies have had it. That's why you only have to live long enough to prove your enemies wrong. Because they're always going to flounder and fail. Because nothing can stop God accomplishing his purposes in your life. Because they were set out before the world was. And that's according to his will, not yours. Say, can I mess them up? No. How can't I mess them up? Well, because you see, um, Peter, let's take an example of Peter. There was a comment, you know. He said, look, he said, I'll never desert you. He said, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And there was a cockerel waiting. Now, straight after he said, you're going to absolutely, and everyone's going to be scattered, says Jesus. Then he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. Now, what he was saying to Peter is, look, it doesn't matter what you do, Peter, what is purpose will always be accomplished. Let not your heart be troubled. The trouble with Christians is they get so bogged down in circumstances and the happenings in their life that they forget that God says, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Hey, the end is already fixed. So why do you let the things that happen trouble you so much? Nothing's going to stop Christ receiving you to himself. Nothing's going to stop him from accomplishing his will. Nothing. There is nothing in heaven or earth that can stand against him. No devil, no demon, no gobbledygook, nothing. When things seem to be going wrong, they're not going wrong, they're testing you to see whether you'll go right. And if you'll live by the principles of God, if you'll live according to the ways of God, you will find that you'll live in perfect peace. But if you live looking at the circumstances, weighing up all this and that, and your faith is on sight, then I'll tell you what will happen. You'll always live disturbed. You'll always live with trauma. You'll always live with anxiety. (laughs) Cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he careth for you. People get so bogged down with, with what's happening at this moment. That's silly. Who cares? 
God's in control. My Bible says, and I happen to believe it, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according. Now how can this work together for good? I don't know. What I do know is God is going to have his perfect will worked out and everything that happens in my life is going to work together for good. Because I love him. Why do I love him? Because he first loved me. It all started in him. And I've never left that first love. God loves me. He thinks I'm wonderful. God sees me as wonderful. See? And his opinion is the only one that matters. And God sees you as wonderful. What other people think about you is irrelevant. That's really true. And when you start to realize that and get hold of it in your heart, it's a wonderful way of living. It takes away all the stress and the strain. Hey, God's on my side. It's a wonderful life, isn't it? You know, people can do the dastardly things. They can try. They can hatch the worst plots, but they're going to come unstuck. And I tell you, it'll be like Haman. He prepares the noose, he prepares the gallows, and it's his own neck that gets wrung in it. Always. And you say, well, how does God do it? Well, because all things are going to work together for good. Why? Because God loves you. And that's the way... It, now, I'm talking to Christians. If you're a heathen, repent. And then it'll apply to you. Glory to God. Isn't that easy? I'll just explain a bit more. Wherein he abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Now look, this is all that which God did in himself. He purposed it in himself before the creation of heaven and earth. All is purposed. God has purpose. And you, all you need to do is realize God is working it all out for you. Do you know, everything in creation, and I want you to understand this, everything in creation that exists now is your servant. Everything. God has designed everything to work to your benefit. There is nothing in all of creation that is not working to bless you. That's why it says in the Bible, all things work together for good. Everything in the world is at God's disposal and he's causing it to work together to bless you. That's God's part. I happen to believe it. He's organized it all. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. 
Some of you might look out on it and say, well, we could do with less rain. No doubt if it stops raining for a couple of days, we'll have a water rationing shortage. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which is purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have an obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who walk, worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Amen? Now to put it into plain English, what it means is this. We've already got an inheritance. You've got a place prepared for you in heaven. Your mansion. I know my mansion in heaven. I haven't got a little tin hut. Got a mansion. See? Now you might say, well, I'd be happy with a tin hut. Well, you can't go to heaven. There ain't no tin hut in heaven. And you can't get to heaven in Austin 7. And Austin 7 don't go that far. Uh, <laughs> but, if you're not old enough to know that, <laughs> dear, oh dear. See, you, you know when someone's over 50 when they say that. Um, we're in heaven. Okay. Uh, I've got a mansion prepared there. And we've got an inheritance in God. And that inheritance has already been given to us. We've got the foretaste of it here on earth. And we get the fullness of, of it in heaven. Don't ever get this idea, you know, in, in your mind that somehow you've got to earn it. It's already there. God, God knows. He planned it according to his will. It's for you. You don't have to spend your life struggling with fears and doubts and wonders. You can rest in God. Because God's true. His word is true. There's a mansion there for you. There is. I believe it. And, and I'm looking forward to it. It's on about the seventh green. You say there aren't golf courses in heaven. Would I like to play golf in heaven? You bet I would. Why not? Trouble is it won't be green fairways, it'll be golden fairways. When you hit the ball it'll bounce forever. lovely no gravity to prevent you <laughs> glory you won't need a golf cart you're just there right up to watch it drop in the hole every time it, wonderful it'd be I know that Colin will still be beaten when I get there he won't beat me you know when I get to heaven oh. 
because I'll keep moving the hole every time he tries to park. <laughs> Move it over there. <laughs> if you can imagine you have an inheritance in heaven, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, that's the down payment of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession. You've already been purchased by the blood of Christ, and you've already got the down payment of it now. You're enjoying and tasting of the powers of the world to come now. You know and have confidence now. That is what salvation's about. That is why the cross is so important. Take the cross out of our, our gospel and you have nothing. The good news is Christ died for me. It's his precious blood cleanses me from all sin I'm kept in his life by that blood there is no way because I'm part of the body of Christ if you imagine this um, people don't seem to understand but if you're part of the body of Christ the blood flows through the body all the time if my fingers stop having blood flow through it the fingers gonna die the thing that gives my body life and my limbs life is the blood flows all the time. Your heart pumps. You know, you know how it goes, bumbity 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 bum. Uh, and, and round goes the blood, doesn't it? Hmm? And if you're in the body of Christ, you're kept cleansed by that blood all the time. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's walking in the principles of God which cause us to live in purity. Now it doesn't mean you never do anything wrong, it just means if any contamination comes, there's blood flowing that keeps you clean. That's what the blood does. It takes away in the body, doesn't it? It takes away impurities. Hmm? Goes through your body. Goes to the liver. Your knee bone's connected to your thigh bone and all that. You know, it, I mean, it all works, doesn't it? God planned it. If you think you're fearfully and wonderfully made... God planned it all. And because you're in the body of Christ, you're always kept. Life flows into you all the time. And life flows through you all the time. It's the most wonderful experience. And so the joy of God and the certainty... Now all I've got is a down payment. I'm going to have 
my inheritance in heaven. God has given me the down payment. I taste the powers of the world to come so that I might know and have confidence in him. And it's such an easy life. That's why I find such joy in it. Because my joy is in my God. My joy I give unto you. My joy I leave with you. Why? Because he knew that I, I had to get out of circumstance, out of happenings. Because if you live by that, you'll panic. Men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. In the last days, people are just going to fall down. I'll tell you why they fall down. Because circumstance and happenings terrify them. But for a Christian, hey, I've got an inheritance that's sure. I've got a future that's assured. I've got a God who's predestined me according to the purpose of his own will. Nothing can stop it. I know from whence I came, I know to whom I go. Everything in my life is set on a course because of my God. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There is nothing that can stop God's purpose working in my life and your life. We're redeemed. That's what salvation's about. It's the most wonderful experience. And I have confidence before him. When I see him, I'll be like him. I shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he's pure. Why? Because he walks according to the principles of God. And that's simple. That's what Calvary is all about, bringing me into that life. Isn't that easy? I mean, all I've done is just explain a few verses. Uh, it's good, isn't it? Hello? You, you can live with that. You don't have to panic about anything. Am I worried what happens next week, next year? No. I've got an inheritance. Do you know, I've got a treasure where moth and rust cannot corrupt, thieves cannot break through and steal. My inheritance secure. Because my treasure's in heaven. I've got a God in heaven who's able. I'm, I'm not looking to earth. I'm looking to him. I think he's wonderful. I, I find the whole of the salvation story and redemption story the most wonderful thing. Don't you? is well on Sunday morning I go on I, I, I just started I was going to finish this chapter but I just started because to me it's the most glorious truth you can ever have it's lovely to know our enemies have had it isn't it hmm? No weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper. The devil might try and kill you with disease, sickness. He might try and kill you with all sorts of things. But he's not going to prosper. God's on my side. 
It can't hurt me, can't harm me. My God is good all the time. Uh, and I, I think it's a wonderful thing to have confidence in him. My confidence is in God. I stand on this rock. I live this life. The devil thinks he's going to win. Calvary, he thought, was the end of Christ. It wasn't. It was the beginning of the revelation of the wisdom of God. The devil got it all wrong. Healing flows through so many channels now. Once it flowed only through one. Miracles happen through all. We have a God who cares, a God who loves, a God who knows. Uh, and that's what it's about. So on Sunday morning, I'll go on. Because the chapter gets better. Our God is good. Amen. You, know, you can laugh at life and enjoy it. Some people find it such a stressful thing. I find it's wonderful. You can laugh and enjoy things because, you know, God's made a plan for you. There's a destiny for you. There's a hope for you. Amen? Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, I thank you. You always hear us. Lord, I just pray for... Each one, Lord, I curse every sickness, every disease, every bondage. Lord, you came to loose the captive and set the prisoner free. In your mercy and your grace, do a miracle in each one that needs you right now. Lord, rebuke the devourer. Break the chains. Loose the captives. And Lord, let your healing power flow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And so shall it be.